You are listening to Where is the Line? The stories you will hear will be depraved, disturbing, and true. If you are easily unsettled, you may find this program offensive. And if you are under the age of 18, fuck off. Our bodies are made up of millions of cells. They're the building blocks of our blood and tissues. Now, powerful radiation strikes, and cells are injured or destroyed. Everybody drinking blood, everybody eating brains. Some monster party. Everybody eating flesh, everybody breaking bones. Some monster party. She looks so good in that movie. Like, I don't understand. Everybody's like, oh, she's so fat in that movie. No, fuck you. Kate Winslet looks hot as fucking Titanic. Just I hate to interrupt the <laughs> Kate Winslet conversation, but thank you for listening to episode 32 of Where is the Line? I didn't know you were recording. I assume it's 32. Yeah, you looked it up. It yeah, 32. 32. With me today is my horny lesbian friend, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Say something disturbing, Ashley. Oh, um, fingernails. Fingernails. When you hear the phrase fingernails, honk your horn. I completely forgot you were going to ask that, so I had to really remember. I don't know quickly. if you've noticed, Ashley. Yes. But there's someone else lurking in the room. There is. That's why I was talking <laughs> at the beginning of this. <laughs> also, hanging out with us today, just because she brought me a t-shirt that I'm wearing right now and ended up with a microphone shoved in her face, is a deceptive. Innocent looking person named Brittany. How you doing, Brittany? Um, hanging in there, you know. Yeah, a little fine foot nothing. Brittany used to leave uh, extremely explicit anonymous love letters <laughs> on my car. They were very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also let me blame somebody else for it <laughs> right in fucking front of you. <laughs> I think. He didn't. He didn't think I could pull it off. You know, he thought I was too innocent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do. You do have an innocent look about you, but <laughs> that's ruined pretty quick. <laughs> do you remember any of these anonymous quote unquote love letters that you sent me? I believe one of them had the phrase "cheese dick" in it. Oh my god! Uh. <laughs> I think there was something about a a toe. <laughs> you know. You know, I've had a toe up my ass. Is that not strange? And my toe's been up somebody's ass. That's weird, right? Wait, you had a toe what? in your ass, or your toe was in someone else's ass? You Both have at oh. the same time. What? Okay. Yeah. Well, you've been this guy I dated was toe into, fuck. Yeah. Up the ass? That's yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, he was into feet, so I was like, well, okay, I'm sure. Kind of. Here's my toe, and he gave me his. Yeah. Well, like at the same time, spell. yeah. You know, looking back, very acrobatic of me. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. <laughs> no, no, no. This is great. Yeah, let's continue. <laughs> so, we were on the floor, <laughs> if that helps any. So you know how like uh, the there's a sex position correlated with the number, which is the 69. Uh-huh. If you were to describe your position relative to each other in a n- number, what would that number be? I don't know if it'd be a number. Maybe like uh, the letter U. Because <laughs> we were both on the floor. U? Yeah. That's not what I was imagining. We were, yeah. I don't He was in defeat, okay? <laughs> and I'm a fucking pleaser. 
But yeah, having a toe up your ass is fine. You know, wiggle it around a little, but that's about it. You know, I mean, it's just a toe. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't do was much. it satisfying? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't bad, and we still fucked. I mean, it's not like that was the extent of it. Get your toe out. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your toe out. Yeah, he was a fucking weird one. Anyway. <laughs> the U-shape. Yeah, like basically we're You're just gonna have to there. describe this now because I I am not I cannot <laughs> imagine what causes had... the both of you to to together form a U. Our legs, because we're fucking each other with our toe. So oh, like you're both you sitting? sitting up. Yes. Okay, you weren't laying down, so you're both sitting upright <laughs> with your legs out in front of you, like wiggling your to- toes and each other's buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> This was a really long time ago. Brittany's fault. I'm blaming Brittany for. I'm honestly blaming Brittany for this flashback of me doing this. How did we get here? You mentioned a toe, and then I was like, "God damn it!" He was really into feet. I'm telling you, he was really into feet. That's how I know I like having my toe sucked, Kevin. I hate feet. I just fucking hate him. He hates feet, yeah. He hates feet. But I told him he needs to let me suck on his toes or something. He would like that. It feels really good. Well, I said I'd let you, you know, know, because, and it's because of Molly. Because, like, we talked to Molly, and now I'm like, well, you know, I just want to try some stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So, I'm more (laughs) open to things. Feet aren't that freaky. They're just feet. Okay, well, you can suck on my toe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said toe, not toes. Yeah. Well, if I don't to... like the first one, you're not moving to the next one. Yeah, so, you, you never know, know which we'll toe is the right toe. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I derailed that conversation quickly. Yeah. I apologize. Hey, does anybody want to talk about our new patrons? Yes. Guess how many we have now? 48. 50. Holy shit. 50 patrons, a nice round number, are new patrons, and maybe possibly some old ones, because I'm a little bit confused about how this Patreon thing works, are Jennifer Henry, Riley Williams, Keely Mooney, Jaden Jensen, one of those nurses from Utah. Aw. We're personal Facebook friends now. He seems really sweet. Julia Barretts, Wendy LaRose, Frey Privet, and finally, someone... Who's been a patron for months? Who we forgot to mention? Oh no! Who is a local girl, Robin Taylor? We never mentioned Robin before. Apparently not. What the fuck? While we're talking about our patrons, all of our patrons get special, exclusive. Where is the line holograph stickers? Which are exclusive, except I also kind of give some away personally. So if you know, you meet me in person, I might give you one. But other than that, they're <laughs> exclusive to the Patreon page. Also, speaking of stickers, if you visit whereistheline.net, you can buy a Say Something Disturbing bumper sticker for the devilishly low price of $6.66. <laughs> we gotta give the devilish due. All right, fuck all of this shit. Are you ready to get into episode 32 of Where is the Line? Let's go. I'm excited. Whoop. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) This is, of course, the second of a (laughs) two-part story. (laughs) 
When last we left you, Hisashi Auchi had been exposed to a flash of blue light while working at a nuclear power facility in Takamura, Japan. This radiation exposure caused Auchi's own chromosomes to break apart, leaving him with a 0% chance of survival. Without the chromosomes, which, as has been said many times, are the blueprints of life, Auchi's body lost its ability to perform basic, essential human functions like replenishing his own skin cells. <laughs> We're picking up now at a point in which Auchi's skin has begun sliding off of his own body from even the slightest touch. His intestinal lining is sagging and damaged in such a way that he can no longer absorb nutrients. And maybe worst of all, Ouchie has had a tracheotomy that has left him unable to verbally express the immense pain that he is suffering. It's rough. And he's still conscious, and he still has 56 days left to live. Fuck. And that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> Hisashi Auchi in what might be the most miserable death ever recorded by a human being. Sounds fun. No, it doesn't. Fun. Fun, no. Not as fun as a toe in the ass. No, not as fun as a toe in the ass, but <laughs> no. Neither of those things sound fun. Like, I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. Oh, flip a... No, toe in the ass, I promise. <laughs> yeah. I want my chromosomes, thanks. Mm, yeah, I will take a toe in the ass ahead of having my chromosomes blown apart, but that might be the only thing that you could present to me that I might like less than a toe in the... Well, no, I don't know. Maybe I'd be into it. I mean, it was pretty awkward, to be honest. But okay, let's get into ouchie. Would you do the toe in the ass thing again? Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit. I mean, it's not that fucking... Terrifying. I'd rather have a toe in the. It's in, just a toe. It's just a toe. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, I'm like, you know, if somebody, I'm with like, yeah, toes, yeah. Let's. Well, do it. yeah, but now that you've tried it, though, I would rather have. I would rather suck on some toes and have my toes sucked for sure. But okay, we can put it in my ass. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, if you'd like to put your toe Shut in up. Ashley's ass. <laughs> Patreon.com slash where is the line. We got that on the $20 level. What the fuck? <laughs> Not really. No. I don't, I don't just want, I don't want toes in my ass. Like. Oh, well. I would much rather have somebody show up with a big wooden spoon and spank me with it. That'd be much better. Well, all right. At our $15 level. <laughs> On Patreon.com, spank Ashley with a wooden spoon. No, that shit will be free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just show up. All right. Well, we got to charge something. We got a new Patreon level now, which is our <laughs> two pence level. There you go. <laughs> For two pence. You can join our Patreon page and spank Ashley with a giant spoon. God damn, Molly did a fucking number on she us. She really fucked us up. It was my first episode, you know, my first podcast. You don't even know what kind of shit I've been up to since we talked to Molly. And I'm like, I just need to try it. Anyway. Oh, my. Ouchie. <laughs> Somebody left a note on our YouTube video mm -hmm. for this episode, noting that 
Ouchie's name should actually be pronounced Ochi. Ochi. Okay, we can do that. Is no one going to ask if I looked this shit up? I looked this up, you know. I oh, mean, so is Ouchie. Well, no, not necessarily. Okay. Is here's here here's the thing about the name. So the book that's the like the primary source for Hisashi Auchi is it actually essentially a translation from this video report that they did in Japan about Auchi when this happened. And so when you watch that, you hear his name said over and over and over again, but if you're not a native speaker of Japanese, it just flies by so fast that it's really hard to understand what they're saying. So I have heard English speakers say ouchie, both ouchie and ochi. But also, in the South, we put a W on the end of O. Say say the word O-H. O. 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 Right. O. O. We put a yeah. W on the end of it. Ochi. O. Anyway. <laughs> it's oh. not that I had not considered... His name might need to be pronounced Ochi. Mm-hmm. Is I've heard it both ways, and because we have the southern drawl, we put the W on the end of O anyway. So, okay. So how are we gonna are we gonna continue saying Ouchie? Or are we gonna say Ochi? No, we're gonna continue saying Ouchie. Okay. I just don't want anybody to think that I didn't consider this. Okay, Ouchie. You know about that though. <laughs> We've we've gotten messages that are, like, super fucking nice, and I am not getting on. The person who pointed that out on YouTube, first of all, thank you very much for pointing that out. Right. Because if we make any kind of errors, I want to know about it. Right. Which brings up the next thing, which is that we've gotten messages that are, like, really nice. I mean, super nice. They they no ill intent whatsoever, but they'll say things like, "This this is the only casual show right that i can listen to or you know and i feel like the subtext of that is that this is the only not well researched show that i can listen to i don't think that that's what they mean i think they mean we're friendly sounding especially you're very friendly sounding i have heard our show described as pretty well researched (laughs) that's not that bad kevin I, I have never, like, I don't even know, I don't know if I should include this or not, but I've never pulled credentials out. I have a master's in library and information studies. <laughs> you were not going to find a podcast covering these topics that are better researched than this. I'm just saying, you know, you can, you can, you can thoroughly research something and also not sound like a fucking mortician when you, when you relate it to people. Right. I know who I'm fucking thinking about, and I can't fucking say it. (laughs) You don't have to be that fucking stiff to tell these stories and not just be reading the Wikipedia article. So Ouchie's skin is falling off of his body. You know, and they're in the beginning. They're you know they're noticing this because they're they're putting bandages on him, and when they pull the tape up, like little bits of skin come off. But when it gets to the point where his skin is really coming off, like in in large portions, large portions of it are gone, they realize that his back is not deteriorating the same way that his front is. 
And the reason for that is the way that he was standing when he was pouring that uranium solution Mm -hmm. into that container. He was leaning over something, holding a funnel. Yeah. While the other guy's pouring into the funnel. Yeah, and that's the reason that the, the that his front is reacting differently. Because there was just this one flash. And so his 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 hand, uh, the hand that was holding the funnel, is the hand that was red mm. when he was admitted to the hospital. Right. Uh, and also he had some splotches on his face. So the parts of his body that took the worst of that blast were his hand and his face. Ugh. And the fact that his face... Got, uh, got impacted that badly is going to come in later in a just horrible fucking way. Oh no! <laughs> At some point, I see a picture where his fingers, like his hands, are in these weird, in some kind of suspension. Every finger has like a string attached to it, and his hands are just like floating and being held, like oh, just God. up in the air. Like, what's going on there? Yeah, once his uh, once the skin started falling off to the point where they're seeing this line between his front side and his back side, so the skin on his back, there's this clear division right. of where skin falls off and then it stops falling off. Ugh. And so his entire body, uh, because the front is so bad, has to be dressed every day. Mm. And it takes 10 people two to three hours to completely remove the previous wrap and apply the new one. And that wrap has to be, there's so many considerations that they have to, to take into account when they're wrapping algae. Because, you know, for one thing, we talked about earlier how sensitive he is. Right. So they can't use regular gauze. They have to use this, uh, this very uh, smooth gauze that doesn't have that thread texture in it uh, because that's, not only painful, it rips parts of his skin off. Mm. Also, because he has lost almost all of the skin on the front side of his body, he's not able to regulate his own temperature. Mm. So before they remove the previous dressings, they have to warm up his room to 30 degrees Celsius, which is 86 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> I always make sure to look that shit up. <laughs> 30 degrees Celsius, 86 degrees Fahrenheit, which is uncomfortably warm. It's about how warm it is in here right now, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's incredibly hot in here, by the way. It's Alabama. It's just oh. fucking miserable everywhere. <laughs> and this little apartment has window units. Yeah, and I have to turn it off to cut down on the noise. And then you've got like... 15 minutes before it turns into a fucking sauna in here. Yeah, we're upstairs, too. I don't think that helps at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> there is there is nothing about this apartment that helps anything. It's, it's almost like it's built to <laughs> be some kind of torturous yeah. contraption for tall people who get hot easily. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to wear, like, the least amount of clothing <laughs> every time I come over here when we record. <laughs> yeah, this apartment is like, it's like it was built to make me and you the most miserable possible. <laughs> Very because agitated. You get hot really easily. I do. I'm a and... fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but it, you can't get it cool in here when it's 105 degrees yeah. outside. And so it just stays fucking miserably hot up here. And everything, it's built like, it's built for Brittany. It is. It is built for Brittany. Brittany is 
four eleven? No. I am five foot and half an inch. See? Five foot and half an inch. Nice. Like you don't hit literally hit your head on ceiling fan in here. No, I don't yeah. have that. The ceiling I don't either. is unnaturally it is low, low though. It's only like seven feet tall or something, where most houses have eight feet. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was I talking about? It's hot in here. And it is they hot turn in it here. up to thirty degrees Celsius, eighty six degrees Fahrenheit to change his wrappings. Yeah, and and they're spending two or three. Thank you, Ashley. You're welcome. You listened. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remembered something for like a whole two minutes. Holy shit! And it was something that was on the podcast. Oh too. my god! Just, what the wow? <laughs> Blame it on the Jaeger. Yeah, but it, it's taking the nurses two to three hours to rewrap Ouchie every time because mm. they're having to. First of all, they're having to be so careful. Um, and also, they're having to wrap every bit of him in this very careful manner. So all of his fingers, you were talking about that picture that you yes. saw. I'm not sure, familiar with the picture you're talking about, but they did have to individually wrap every one of his fingers. Yeah, and they were on some weird suspension thing. So like at some point, he's just like laying in bed, and his arms are up in the air, and his fingers, it looks like they're suspended by finger. Like, I don't know. It's and meanwhile, Look, he can't talk for any of this right. either. Yeah. You know, we were talking about his internal organs kind of breaking down, and that was a concern at some point. You know, so they're monitoring his brain waves. They're giving him EKGs all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming it was EKGs. It might have been something different then. But they're monitoring his brain activity, and it looks normal through the vast majority of this. Mm-hmm. So he does seem to be conscious through this he's having a lot of trouble communicating because he can't move much and in the beginning he was uh you know when he first got that tracheotomy uh, i believe he could move his eyelids still but at some point his eyelids either completely deteriorated or they wouldn't close uh regardless he didn't he lost his ability to blink and they were having to rub kind of an ointment on his eyes to keep them moisturized. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and they were also having to rub an ointment on his entire body, too, which they would have to kind of warm up to um, at least to uh, around 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which would be <laughs> somewhere around 20, 27 <laughs> degrees Celsius, somewhere in that neighborhood. Anyway, they would have to warm up the ointment and rub it, uh, rub it on his body. And a lot of the reason they had to do that is uh, later on he started developing mold on some of these portions of his body where the skin had fallen off. So despite re-wrapping his entire body every day, some parts of him literally became moldy. Um, so he started taking a, an antifungal medication. Um, but there, there's 10 people changing these dressings, and they're all kind of crowded around Ouchie in this room that's this warm. Mm. So the nurses talked about it later about how miserable it was in that room because not only is the room heated to this temperature, you know, you're around these people and right. you're giving off your own body heat. Um, so they would be sweating the entire time that they were, you know, through this two to three hour process of changing these dressings on Ouchie. And they were incredibly careful, but still, it, it these parts of his body are deteriorating. They're not... There's no scabbing that's going on. There's nothing like that is happening. Right. That that his body's not healing itself. So no matter how careful they are, 
you know, parts of him keep coming off every time they change these dressings. And you were talking about seeing all of his fingers individually wrapped. Yes. At some point about halfway through his stay there, uh, when they were changing the dressings on his hands, his fingernails come off uh, <laughs> in the dressings. Oh. I think almost all of them came off on at the same day. At the day. same time. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So throughout Ouchie's treatment, the reason that Ouchie's treatment is so well documented, by the way, is because there was actually a, a film crew there, and they made a documentary. The entire thing's in Japanese, and it's never been translated into English, which bugs the fuck out of me. But anyway, um, one of the nurses there, in one part of the documentary, they're talking to one of the nurses, and she says, quote, I don't think Mr. Ouchie wants to live like this. It would be different if he was going to get better after all this treatment, but he's probably not going to survive. Prolonging these conditions for so long must be painful for Mr. Ouchie. Yes. So everyone involved in this is like, we really need to just let this man die. Yes. Except for the head of the hospital, Dr. Makawa. So the head of the hospital... Is the guy that's like championing keeping Ouchie alive. Is that correct? Mikala, yeah. Okay. But everyone else is kind of like, hey, we're torturing this man? Uh, not, you know, not everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a long time where a lot of people have faith that he's going to survive. He's not reproducing is, skin. He's not scabbing just, over. He's lo- He just lost his fucking fingernails. Absolutely true. But, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I agree. They should have just let this poor man die. Right. But also, it's been, you know, 20 years since anything like this has happened. On one hand, I kind of think that they were using him sort of like a science experiment because they did, you know, they had doctors from other countries fly over, supposedly to see if they could offer any help. But something like this hasn't happened in 20 years. Nobody who's coming over to, quote, help has (laughs) ever seen anything like this. So... What are they really doing there? Checking it out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're probably learning. I mean, I don't think they're there just to be, you know, like, wow, this is gross. Poke it, you know. (laughs) Maybe that a little bit. (laughs) But no, I think they're actually learning from it. But they are, you know, but they're masking their education as some kind of desire to help when they all know that they cannot do anything to help this man. Right. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the head of the hospital has got to just be, like, I feel like he just wants his name on this project that he saved this man. It doesn't sound like he has any kind of sympathy for what Ouchie or his nurses are having to go through right now. Yeah, it does kind of seem like he's just sort of... uh, I think he's a sadist. (laughs) I don't think he's a sadist. No. (laughs) I think he is maybe a uh, sociopathic academic. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that he's keeping Ouchie alive just to torture the poor fucking guy. I think that he's keeping him alive to learn, to learn from this. And I think he's being a little dishonest. The man is too smart to not know that Ouchie has no chance of surviving this. But he maintains throughout that he might be able to help him. So throughout all this time that they're daily changing... Ouchie's dressings. Dr. Makawa, uh, who's the head of the hospital, the one that's intent on keeping Ouchie alive, is having these daily 
talks with Ouchie's family, who have been sitting in the waiting room through this whole time. His wife actually has been folding these paper swans. And she just does this every day. By the end of this, she's going to end up with over a thousand of these because she's sitting there doing this every day for 83 days. Right. So Makawa's having conversations with his family. And, you know, this depressing scene of folding all of these paper swans. His wife is doing this, and it's depressing to almost everyone except Ashley, who just keeps <laughs> apparently making... Okay, yeah, I saw it that time, Ashley. You were licking the microphone. I didn't actually touch it. Like it was a... What? A swan? An origami swan? <laughs> yeah, like it was an origami swan. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> So when they're making that when they're making that documentary about Ouchie and that film crew's there, uh, at about fifty days in, Doctor Makawa talks about these conversations that he's having with Ouchie's family, and he says, "quote Words were insufficient to describe his appearance. Still, I wanted the family members to accept the truth, so I described his condition without glossing over the ugly details. The family never showed signs of giving up. They always seemed to have hope." So the family's allowed to visit him, but every time they see him, he's completely wrapped in gauze. So they don't really know what's going on under that. Really? So Ouchie's organs are breaking down. You know, his lungs, they're replacing his lungs with ventilators, his kidneys with dialysis and things. Because his entire, his internal, yeah, his internal physiology is breaking down like just like the, the front of his body is. And so at 59 days in... His brain activity starts slowing, and his pulse starts slowing as well. And so we're talking about 60 days into this, and that's when it starts looking like things are happening to Ouchie that you can't fix anymore. And so at 59 days in, he goes into cardiac arrest. What should have fucking happened is they should have just let him go. Right. Yes. But they start performing CPR on him. They bring in machines. They bring him back to life. They get his heart started back. And then he goes into cardiac arrest again. Was this on the same day? Mm-hmm. This all happened within, within an hour or so. He went into cardiac arrest three times, and they brought him back all three times. What the fuck? And what, what's even more upsetting about that? So there's all these periods during those three cardiac arrests where there's not oxygen flowing to his brain. And so you might hope that at 60 days in, after three cardiac arrests, having no skin on the front of his body, having the lining of his intestines drooping, his internal organs failing and being replaced by machines, Mm -hmm. having either no eyelids or having eyelids and not being able to close them and still being conscious, you would hope that his brain activity would stop after these three cardiac arrests. But during his next EKG, his brain activity was normal. Oh, my God. So he's fully aware of everything that he's experiencing. That's what you're telling me. As far as you can tell right. from his brain activity, he seems his brain seems to be functioning normally. But um, because of these cardiac arrests and things, he's losing more and more ability to move or express himself. You know, he can't blink anymore because his eyes... Right. And and so the nurses, when they talk about it later, you know, so they're still changing this gauze every day. And um, according to the nurses, um, the only way that he was communicating at all is that when they did something that they felt like might hurt him, they would see his brow 
kind of scrunch. You know, if someone pinches you or something, kind of your eyebrows just sort of tighten together. Furrowing your brow. Yeah, furrowing your brow. So he was at least still capable of experiencing pain mm. at that point. And then, you know, and so that, that happened at 60 days. And so for 20 more days, this is, this is how Ouchie's living. And as part of these tests that they're giving him daily to see his brain activity, figure out how he's doing, is um, they do uh, the pupil dilation test where they, they shine the light in your eyes and see if your pupil reacts. At 81 days in, Ouchie's pupils finally stop reacting to light. And finally, Makawa thinks maybe we're not going to be able to help him. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Damn. He knew that a long fucking time ago. The more I I say this shit out loud, the more I know that Makawa knew. Absolutely. Maybe not at the very, very beginning. But as soon as his fucking skin fell off, yeah, we can't (laughs) help him. He'd be better off if we just let him go. But... 81 days in, there's no pupillary function anymore. Apparently, Mekawa has learned all he can learn from his guinea pig here suffering. So he says it's about time to not bring him back when something else happens. Okay. And he goes and tells the family that I would advise that we do not resuscitate him. So the family wants to go and see him. Okay. Ouchie's wife asks to see Ouchie's face. And this is something that is really... uh, The nurse is a little bit panicked when they realize that his wife wants to see him without these dressings on his face. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a picture of his face at this point, 80 days in, just a few days before he died. But if you've seen his arms, his entire front part of his body, his face was the closest thing to the blast. His hand that was holding the funnel and his face were the two things that got the most exposure. His face is going to be in awful condition, and these nurses don't know what to do because they cannot let his wife see this. But at the same time, you can't deny the man's wife her last chance to see her husband's face before he dies. So what they end up doing is they unwrap his head, and they put a very thin layer of bandage over his face. The bandages pretty much immediately become soaked with the fluid that's seeping. Uh, because there's no skin covering his face. but uh, And then they let his wife in, and his wife, according to the nurses, almost fainted when she saw him, and that wasn't even... She didn't even see him without bandages. Right. And she almost fainted. Weren't they also, like, pumping him full of, like, a bunch of blood and stuff to keep him alive oh, as well? Fluids. A bunch of fluids. and Yeah, he was being flushed with fluids. He was having to receive blood transfusions pretty much constantly because right. his body couldn't retain Right. Any fluid anymore. So everything that they would give him was just seeping out one place or another. So he was constantly being replenished with fluids, nutrients, blood, everything (laughs) that he needed that might be liquid in his body was having to be replenished constantly. (sighs) So So his his wife knew that his face was no longer there and had not been there for months at this point, right? She knew he was bandaged. Mikawa told her what had happened to his skin. Okay. She, he explained that his skin cells weren't reproducing, and when, when they go away, they're just gone. But she had not seen any of this damage to his body on her own, because every time she had been to visit him, he had been bandaged. 
Mm. So even though he explained that to her, there's no way anyone could know what to expect. Right. I mean, he had to be absolutely unrecognizable. Like, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so she goes and sees him. She almost faints. She, she obviously cries. His father goes and sees him, has pretty much the same reaction. Mm. Um, and, then the, and then something else happens. Ouchie has a son, a young son. And there's this big debate that breaks out in the family. And also, I, pl- I think some of the nurses kind of took part into this of whether or not to let right. this child in to right. see Ouchie. Right. But they do. They finally do. They let the they let his son come and see his father without as much wrapping on his face as he had previously had. Uh, and apparently, Ouchie's son took that better than anybody else did. They said that the uh, the young boy said, "Hang in there, Dad." Oh, that's so sweet and heart wrenching. So everybody knows that the end is coming. So we're talking, you know, when his family goes and sees him for. Sees that face, you know, tries to take a look at his face for the last time. We're talking about 81 days in, so we've only got two days left before Ouchie passes away. Everybody knows he's he's about to go, and the doctors decide that when his blood pressure drops below 60, they're going to go get his family. At 11.21 p.m., December 21st, 1999, Hisashi Ouchie's blood pressure drops below 60. Mm. The team monitoring his condition run into the waiting room to get his family to let them say their final goodbyes to Ouchie, but they don't make it back in time. Jesus. That's it. It just drops out and he passes? Mm-hmm. Damn. Thank you for listening to episode 32 <laughs> of Where is the Line? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to it on <laughs> Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss the next episode. <laughs> I do have one more thing to say that I forgot to throw in there. Okay. In the previous episode, and it really bothers me if, like, I don't have enough time to look up every damn thing I want to, but in the previous episode, I mentioned that all of this started because the particles were able to move faster than light, and that's how these nuclear reactions work. But I didn't understand how anything could move faster than the speed of light, because apparently that's the, as fast as anything can move. What I failed to understand at that time was that the speed of light is different through different mediums. The speed of light through a vacuum is constant and cannot be exceeded. The speed of light through water is gonna be slower. Light slows down when it hits water. So, they did not exceed the speed of light as what we consider to be the speed of light, which is what the speed of light is in a vacuum. What they exceeded was the speed of light in water. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Before we go, we got a couple of reviews and voicemails to relate to you. Woohoo! <laughs> the first review that we're going to be reading today comes from one of our original listeners. Oh. This review is from Tori. Oh, I love Tori. Tori has chosen for her Apple Podcast screen name Tor 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 4x4. Four four. <laughs> Probably just to make me have to fucking say that. <laughs> tor 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 4x4 four four writes. 
I've been listening since around episode two, and wow, best podcast I've ever listened to. Wow. Kevin is an amazing host and knows how to deep dive into a subject. Never imagined I could hold a podcast and its producers. We don't really have producers, but... Never imagined I could hold a podcast and its producers so close to my heart, but oh, here I no. am. Never a bad episode, and there's always a little humor and banter to lighten the mood. There is never a dull episode. Kevin and friends really, truly love to interact with their fans and listeners. Please check them out. Love. Oh my goodness. That was so sweet. That is the sweetest. It is so it is so difficult to express how much I appreciate Tori. She's been here for so long. Yes. Even though she's the one that cost me like $350 over the coffee mugs, I still love her so much. <laughs> Wait, did you <laughs> I remember you <laughs> Yeah, the coffee mug thing? Yeah. Tori was Tori was the person that I gave a free one to and then said something about it on a show Uh-oh. and then got all these emails and just had to give the rest of them away. Right. Some of which I had to ship overseas and shipping a fucking coffee mug overseas costs more than a coffee mug costs. So <laughs> I, I still Tori. love Tori. Yeah, I still love Tori. <laughs> that was absolutely not your fault. <laughs> you know, that was that was my own bad. So don't you, don't think that was. You need to make your profile picture the um, the picture she drew. You, I don't know why you haven't made that your profile picture with the pickle in your mouth. Wait, she drew. A she oh drew yeah, it. Tori drew this great picture of me <laughs> when Samantha was co-hosting. Yeah. Tori, Tori's an artist and. Yes. Uh, offered to draw a picture for us and (laughs) Samantha told her to draw a picture of me sucking on a pickle and she did and it's awesome it's adorable (laughs) and we all love pickles around here so I don't well anyway you don't love pickles (laughs) you don't love pickles in your mouth Kevin (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck is up with you today what you've been like dirty licking the microphones and shit which I wouldn't even one. know if Brittany wasn't here. Have you been doing that the whole time? <laughs> no, I have like never. Like every episode. How many episodes have you been erotically the licking the microphone and I just haven't noticed because I've not been at the right angle? Are you doing it? It wasn't right just now? licking I, the microphone though, it was sensually. Sensually, erotically. I only did that for Brittany today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so honored. one time thing. <laughs> Brittany only. Sorry, Kevin. You might not be getting out of here today, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, one special person that we haven't mentioned yet on this episode, but this reviewer has mentioned for us. This review comes from yet another reviewer. Yet another reviewer writes, Something to horrify everyone. All the gross you can handle and hates Boudet too. What's not to love? <laughs> I swear to God. Like, if, if, if... If we had any kind of following whatsoever, I would challenge Boudet to a fucking bare-knuckle boxing match. Yeah. I'd fucking whip knots all over his fucking head. I'm honestly surprised, like, you haven't <laughs> caught some shit from that yet. Well, it's because nobody listens to us, yeah. so it doesn't really... We can say, that's one of the great things about nobody listening to your show, is you can say whatever the fuck you want to, and it doesn't get around, because ain't nobody heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> Great transition. <laughs> I am pretty sure I could whip shit on my video. 
Probably so. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think, unless he's had like some kind of like judo lessons or something. Unless he's like taking like self-defense classes or something. Yeah, fucking beat the hell out of him. <laughs> and you know what? And there's not enough like guys that suck dick that will beat the shit out of somebody. You know? <laughs> there's just not. Like, anyway, this what? first email Wait. comes from <laughs> Amber from Alabama. Amber! Hey, Kevin and Ashley. It's Amber from Alabama. And so I just listened to the Owie part one, and I am I'm really disturbed. So I know part two is going to be a good one. Um, two things I need to say is uh, Calendar Kevin can't be taking over my rambling. I'm rambling, Amber. And number two, war damn eagle. Sorry, I am feeling sassy this week. Love you guys, deuces. Meet y'all is the only thing I heard. Brittany can't hear these voicemails because she doesn't have headphones yeah, on. She said war damn she eagle. She said war eagle on this Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based podcast. She said war damn eagle. That You're disappointing me, Amber. A war cry. She right also here. called Kevin from Groveport out. For leaving them two-part messages. <laughs> and she also gave herself a new nickname, Ramblin' Amber from I lo- Alabama. I love Amber I do so too. much. <laughs> Amber, message me, girl. Yeah. I haven't heard from you in a while. Come to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, just bring your mask. Let's hang out. <laughs> bring your mask and them boobs you like to drink with. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That, that has to do with the last voicemail she left. I'm not just like talking about Listener boobs. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) She won't mind. Our next voicemail comes from another longtime listener and somebody who's probably very, very busy right now. This is Nurse Danny. Hello. It's Nurse Danny reporting in from southern Idaho in an armpit of town called Pocatello. Um, I'm here on a quote-unquote vacation. About to go visit my grandma. And wear a mask because she's old and frail. I update on life since my very angry voicemail. Corona is back and kicking some ass, taking some names because nobody wants to wear a mask. And uh, in Washington, it's required. The town I live is right over the border in Idaho and it is not required to wear a mask in Idaho. So people come over from Washington so they don't have to wear masks because they're exercising their right. And, uh, you know, I'm a whatever, cool. But the cases went up from 136 to like, I don't know, 800 in the the northern five counties of Idaho. So that's really great. Um, My hair has been falling out for the past three or four months. So I started taking prenatal vitamins because maybe I'm a little stressed. I don't know. But um, hopefully this vacation helps out. Um, in TJ Maxx and Ross, in case anyone is wondering, you cannot try anything on. So I bought pants because I blew the crotch out of my favorite jeans. And uh, long story short, those pants did not fit. So now I have to take it back. Because taking them home and trying them on is way less dangerous than just trying them on the store. And now I have a new pair of shorts because I just ripped the legs off of them. Happy summertime, guys. I hope you're good. All right. 
We're really sorry about the blown out crotch in your pants today. <laughs> first and foremost, that's, wow. that's the first thing that we really want to address from this because that's really the that's really the hard part. Yeah. Uh, but also the you know the increased number of COVID's pretty bad too. I mean that's running a close second to the crotch blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and the folks from Washington coming over to not wear masks and breathe all over everyone. Yeah, tell your grandmother. Uh, yeah, stay safe. Kevin and Ashley say hi. Uh, protect your crotch and <laughs> <laughs> stay away. Stay away from the Rona. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, Danny, like, uh, you get in touch with us, and like, I'd really love to talk to you about what's going on at your hospital there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, if unlike Ashley, you happen to be listening to this episode, <laughs> uh, get in touch with me on Facebook or something. Let's have a conversation. I hate you. If you'd like to leave a voicemail of your own, you can get in touch with us at 386-227-7848. I wonder if Brittany, who's lurking in this room, knows what that spells. I believe it's dumbass tit. Dumbass tit. Woo-hoo! Dumbass tit. <laughs> On your telephone dial. Still dumbass tit. And here's a special message from our own Where is the Line intro man. Is there anything else we need to say before we get the fuck out of here? Because it's 150 goddamn degrees in here. Stay safe. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again soon. Do soon. Love you. Did you, did you just go wow, Brittany? She did. She did our sound effects. For I tried. <laughs> <laughs> She's heard the show. She knows how it ends. Oh my god, I hate you so fucking much right now. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Kids, when you go to bed, stay away from your closets and don't look under your bed.